Welcome to another edition of Mormonland. I'm managing editor Dave Noyce, joined by senior religion reporter Peggy Fletcher-Stack. Hi, Peggy. Hi, Dave. In last month's general conference, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints unveiled a new symbol as part of President Russell M. Nelson's continuing efforts to emphasize to members and outsiders alike that the faith is centered on Jesus Christ. Does this logo, from a design perspective, help accomplish that aim, and how might it best be used? Randall Smith, a Salt Lake City graphic designer who helped craft a previous logo in the 1970s for the church, joins us today via Zoom to discuss his experience and offer his assessment of the new symbol. Randall, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate the chance to chat with you. We're glad to have you here. So, Randall, let's just start with a basic question. Why does a logo matter? Whether it's for a business or a church. Yeah, you know, uh, A logo uh, becomes really a shorthand symbol representing any organization, whether it be a a corporation or a institution. And the qualities that you associate with any kind of a mark or symbol or logo uh, becomes apparent whenever you see that. So wherever that mark appears, whether it be online or on print, whatever you think about in terms of your uh, association with that organization becomes apparent, comes to your mind whenever you see that symbol and wherever it's being used. And all of those qualities are advantageous, particularly from a, a business point of view, to be able to provide a shorthand representation of all of the qualities that you want associated with that organization in the form of a very simple symbol or logo that can represent that organization and all the qualities that you associate with it. Right. Uh, and also just to be immediately identified with that organization or business, uh, right? So you'd see it and automatically think of that group, that, that right. organization. Exactly. And of course, it also represents a differentiating uh, visual as well. So uh, trademarks are meant to be different from each other and representing different organizations. And if they become too close, then of course, those are uh, problematic and restrictions uh, uh, can follow. Right. So tell us, Randall, about your previous involvement in the church's in developing a logo for the church and and how that went. Yeah, my first job out of uh, college uh, was at the church graphic design department, and I worked there from 72 to 79. And so uh, in the mid-70s, about 73-4, we actually had a request from... uh, I've forgotten who, low-level general authority, who wanted to put what he called a welcome sign in front of church buildings. And it's the kind of sign that is not uh, uncommon uh, with Protestant denominations, where closer to the street is some kind of a freestanding sign that identifies the church and typically offers some kind of invitation, you know, welcoming. And uh, and so 
we had this initiative, uh, this desire to have a welcome sign placed in front of church buildings. And uh, the graphic graphic design department took this as an opportunity to instigate a what we called a visual identity program, what is more commonly called a corporate identity program, but for the same reason that you mentioned that President Nelson calls it a symbol, we call it a visual identity program. And at the time, absolutely no consistent representation of the church appeared in any form whatsoever. In fact, we took, and I still have photographs of all of the different letterheads that were in use at the time, whether it be the Sunday school or the education system or whatever. And every department of the church had its own look and feel. They all had something that represented their particular area of interest, but no consistency uh, in any fashion, whether it be on church literature or whether it be on uh, signage in front of church buildings. And so we said, look, this is an opportunity for the graphic design department to initiate something that we felt strongly about, and that is a consistent look and feel for the name of the church or a logo. And so we proposed up our chain of command a, uh, an identity system, which eventually was approved, and I had the opportunity to attend um, in the Salt Lake Temple with the 12 and the First Presidency, where we presented our idea, and it was approved. Wow, those welcome things had become ubiquitous. Those are on every building, it seems, every chapel. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, there, there, you know, in the 70s, there was... Uh, a typical approach to identifying the name of the building, but it was a very uninteresting standard representation of lettering that you would see on many, many buildings, no matter with the church or with companies. We wanted to provide something unique and identifiable, something that uh, could be consistently applied, whether it be on a church building or on literature. And of course, there was no online uh, use at the time, but uh, there were, of course, television uses, and we anticipated that and prepared uh, options for television usage. So, Randall, what were you were you given any instructions on guiding principles and? What was the approval process you had to go through to get your ideas through? Um, The principles that we were operating under uh, were really that which was uh, given us by that that general authority who I can't recall (laughs) Uh who wanted this welcome sign. Uh, That was really all we were after it was our initiative to consolidate around a single identity. That was our idea. We were driving that from the creative department of the church up as opposed to subsequent uh, 
I think, uh, identity solutions, which came from the top down. Uh, we created what we call a local type, that is a typographic arrangement of the name of the church, which is, of course, is a challenge being so many words long. And that is one reason why we stacked it into four lines and we emphasized the all of the words in the logo, excepting the articles of the and of, we made smaller and stacked it up, which allows it to be used in uh, more circumstances and more compact. And uh, from graphic designers perspective, that's called a lockup. That is a typographic arrangement that has uh, a certain identified approach that's consistently used in all situations. And, and we came up with the, the logo, we presented it um, in the temple, as I mentioned, the first presidency in a quorum of the 12, and uh, they approved it with only one comment or question which came from Ezra Tech Benson. And I don't remember what he asked, but I do remember. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I, I do remember being impressed that he asked a question. I had had reservations about him ever since his right-wing politics. And, and, uh, and yet he had uh, at least an insightful question. And after we answered that, it was uh, approved and, and we started implementing it. Uh, we designed it in 16 different uh, initial languages, uh, some of which are much longer than in English, which was a challenge, but we, we did it nonetheless. And that logo uh, existed uh, and is still found on many church buildings today. Uh, and some of those welcome signs are still around as well, those freestanding signs that were out in front of the church. Uh, there was never any attempt to replace those when that new version of the logo came out in the uh, 90s. So let's talk about that new logo. Um, what do you think about that new logo and uh, how is it different than the one you designed? And do you think it helped emphasize the church's belief in Jesus Christ? You mean well, the one that was done in the 90s, right, Peggy? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. One of the was there one before that, Randall? Uh, well, the one we did, the one that I did was in the 70s. So. Right, but there wasn't one between yours and the one with the enlarged Jesus Christ? There was nothing of any consequence. I do remember working on some... Uh, when I quit the church uh, employment, I went into business for myself, and I did continue to do projects for the church from time to time. I do remember during the 90s... Uh, an occasional attempt to solve that problem, uh, but they were not widespread. And I do remember using one of those on uh, one project that I did for uh, Audible Communications uh, at that time. But in the 90s, it was a strategic decision. That is the, and you know, it was the top-down kind of effort as opposed to the creative department up, uh, because I think it was driven by the idea that the church was not recognized as a Christian denomination. And so they strategically decided to emphasize the name of the uh, Jesus Christ, make it big, and uh, de-emphasize all of the uh, other typographic elements in the logo. So I think from the standpoint of uh, improving the uh, 
recognition of the Christian Christianity of the church, I think it was probably uh, more successful uh, than the logo that we had done. Uh, and I was, even though I was no longer working at the church, I was approached by uh, Bonneville Communications and asked if I wanted to work on a new version of that logo, but I resisted that. I, I you know, was tied to what I had worked on in the 70s and uh, didn't see or want a change. <laughs> so uh, I was not involved in that. So now the church has incorporated the Christus, a beloved statue with Lutheran roots, but it has become a staple in, in Latter-day Saint, for instance, visitor centers. So uh, this new logo now that, that President Nelson unveiled at conference, let me start, Randall, with a basic question. Do you like it? Well, as I tweeted the very night that I saw it, uh, I thought that the new logo was, was safe and expected but it is not very progressive uh, in, in, in any sense. It is a very traditional illustration. Uh, President Nelson calls it a symbol. It's really a representational illustration. It doesn't have the graphic qualities that you normally associate with, with logos, with symbols. It's not anything like uh, you know, the logo that you'd see with Apple or Nike or Chase Bank or even IBM, I mean, all of those have graphic qualities which are, uh, which are around a simplicity of form, easy to recognize even when they're small or in difficult uh, ways of uh, seeing it. And this, this symbol does not have those qualities. Is it just too, is there just too much going on, you know, in it? It, yes, it, there is a lot going a on. A layman's uh, <laughs> a view of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be difficult to to use uh, in some circumstances in uh, social media use, where you're very commonly see a simplified logo that can be uh, easily recognized in, in small uses in Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. It's going to be a challenge uh, for a complex uh, mark like uh, has now been introduced. What would you have done differently? I would have approached it more graphically, uh, more uh, simply, uh, trying to uh, take the uh, essential elements, even if it was the, the Christus statue, and, and try to treat it in a form that would be uh, more iconic, more graphically simpler, that would reproduce better in small or difficult circumstances, and could achieve some uh, recognizability in the same sense that an iconic logo for or Nike or Chase, you know, Chase Bank is an interesting logo because it has no uh, references to anything, but you've seen it so many times, you recognize it and associate it with that bank. Uh, it'd be nice that if we had some kind of graphic qualities in the new logo that had that kind of simple impact. So there's one complaint we've heard is that this is, a, uh, as Dave mentioned, a Lutheran statue. 
made by a Lutheran artist. And yet today there are plenty of Latter-day Saint artists who possibly could have done something with Jesus. Why didn't, what do you think? Why didn't they? Well, I think it's obvious just because that Lutheran statue has achieved such iconic status within the church, even though it is not um, representing any of the unique qualities of the the church. Uh, it you know it sold a Deseret book and it's in uh, in people's homes and and so it was an obvious choice. And I think from the standpoint that. President Nelson is looking at it uh, strategically, I, I think it will probably increase the uh, understanding that the church is a Christian denomination. Uh, but it won't achieve all of the qualities that you normally hope to achieve with a, with a symbol or a logo, like I mentioned with uh, other corporate uses. I've noticed that the type on the name that, that the church, you talked about your logo and then the church, uh, the one you worked on, and then the church enhanced Jesus Christ. The, the, new, the new typeface for the name of the church has done that too, but it's also boosted uh, the size of the church part of it on like the yeah. top line, which, and then Latter-day Saints is much smaller underneath. If I'm going by my memory night right now, seeing it so many times. I'll what they did was justify <clears throat> the three lines. So the church of, is uh, just the same width as Jesus Christ and the same width of Latter-day Saints. So they're justified right and left. And that determined the size of each line. So that makes of Latter-day Saints the smallest. That makes the church of medium-sized and Jesus Christ uh, the, the largest size. And, and it's justified left and right, giving us the lockup, that kind of terminology the graphic designers use to identify uh, that typographic arrangement. Right. That may also speak to President Nelson's desire that if you're not using the full name of the church, that you just say the Church of Jesus Christ, which is, of uh, course, a, a, a term that can describe many, many churches. So uh, do you foresee, okay, Angel Moroni uh, sort of has become kind of an iconic symbol of the church. I mean, it's, it's on many temples, although many of the current temples being designed aren't going to have an Angel Moroni statue. So I think it has, has been seen as maybe not the logo, of course, but something that has to do with the, the church's uh, distinction. Or it, it's, right. It, it, will, will having, losing something like that, I'm not saying ancient memories necessarily being replaced, but will, will that have an effect on a distinction of the church? Uh, you know what I mean? <clears throat> Back in the 70s, we considered the angel Moroni as a visual element. We didn't end up going there, but we thought it was a possibility. We also thought about the Salt Lake Temple as a possibility. But we determined that they weren't universal enough and, uh, and went through typographic arrangement. Uh, the nice, one of the nice things about the Angel Moroni is, is it, it is more uniquely identified with the church than is uh, the Lutheran Christian Christus statue. Uh, from that point standpoint, I, 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 I like that idea, and yet uh, I don't know that it would achieve uh, President Nelson's reasons for trying to achieve some more universal Christian 
recognition. Randall, the Tabernacle Choir just unveiled a new logo. Um, and it went a different direction. It does appear to have a much more modern look. Tell, tell us what you think about that one. I like the, uh, the new Tabernacle Choir logo. It has many of the same qualities, which uh, I would have preferred the new church logo had, that kind of simplicity of form, the ability to be used in many different mediums, to be uh, used small. It has the ability to, uh, uh, to become a, uh, an iconic representation of the Tabernacle Choir, in, in a sense that it's going to be tough to achieve with an illustration uh, as the symbol for the church. So I, I really uh, think the new Cabinet Choir logo uh, has been well done, and uh, I, I, I like it a lot. So President Nelson has said that the new symbol for the church Will be um, will be used in official literature, news, and events of the church. That's how he put it. And the church has also explained that that they're looking at how and where they can use it. Uh, that, that that the top officials in the church would approve any any usages of it. Uh, but you you also say it may be difficult to use in some form. Uh, so how how would you advise the church to use it then? The new symbol. Yeah. Well, uh, in some of the forms that they intend to use, I mentioned social media. Uh, it will it'll it'll suffer uh, from the standpoint of uh, visibility and legibility uh, in 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 many difficult uses. But I suspect that they will attempt to go forth, nonetheless. Uh, it, it, it'll just be a challenge under some of those circumstances. Uh-huh. And in fact, the new Capital Choir logo will not have those same challenges. And it can be used, you think, more widely that way. Um, but, it's, but it's just a more limited, of course, audience uh, in the sense, you know, it's not right. a full church. So, right. yeah. Well, Randall Smith, thanks so much for joining us today. Very welcome. We wish you and your family well and stay healthy, okay? Thank you much. Thanks also to Peggy Fletcher Stack, whose uh, Zoom feed unfortunately has, uh, has left us for right now. And also to our producer, Sarah Weber. We remind our listeners that they can keep up on all the happenings in and about the church by subscribing to our free weekly newsletter. Just go to sltrib.com to sign up, and we'll talk again next time on Mormonland.